Sun and surf hit spring break in North America, and millions of students are enjoying time off. But in Ukraine, some schools have never stopped meeting, even during war, because after all, there is no future without the next generation. Twenty-three-year-old Hannah Kudrinova teaches a fifth-grade class on Google Meet. It looks like many classrooms did during the height of the COVID-19 pandemic. A screen with children's faces showing up in little squares. Some of these children living near Odessa, where air raid sirens kept them up the night before. Others fled with their families. Some check in from as far away as Western Europe or even Canada. Still, they learn in classrooms like Kudrinova's. They prepare for the future, even as bombs still drop. Sometimes the future seems dark and hopeless, but we can know that even war will end one day, and the whole creation will be healed. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. We're in a series this week called Journey to the End of the World. And we're continuing to look at the book of Revelation a book many Christians seem to avoid because it can be quite scary, even complicated. Yes, it is a book that talks about the end of the world, but it's so much more. Remember that song from 1969? I do. Creedence Clearwater Revival, singing about bad moons and hurricanes and the end being near. It captured the sentiment of its era, didn't it? And all this week, we've been looking at the final book of the Bible and discovering it's actually written to encourage Christians. In a moment, we're going to look at Revelation chapters 9 and 10. In fact, we're going to hear it performed for us by Karen Heimbuck. The imagery is overwhelming, almost frightening. But then we'll see how the hope of the gospel encourages all of us, even today. So once you stay with me in the next few minutes, I want to invite you to receive a blessing, a blessing that's promised in this final book in the Bible. Well, I just want to take a moment to thank everyone the past several days who's reached out to us and asked for a copy of Karen Heimbuck's CD called The Revelation. So many people have been excited about this two-disc set that is a powerful presentation of just God's Word. This production dramatically recites the text of Revelation word for word, but then there's that cinematic musical score and the sound effects underneath behind Karen. It's truly unforgettable as Karen brings Revelation to life. Underneath her, the world-renowned London Symphony Orchestra at the Abbey Road Studios. And as you listen to God's word being spoken aloud, I know you'll be blessed. And the Bible says you will be. So, after this program, would you call us today and get your copy of the Revelation for your gift to this listener-supported ministry? It's an expensive production, so I would just ask for you to be as generous as you possibly can. Call us after the program at 800 
800-654-2836. That's 800-654-2836. Or you can go online and watch that short feature on our website about the making of the Revelation Project, and then you can make your gift. You can do that when you visit haventoday.org. That's one word, haventoday.org. And one more thing before we start this program. $50 feeds a family of five in Ukraine for a week. Won't you help Mission Eurasia through Haven Today distribute food as well as the gospel message to those in need in Eastern Europe? Pray about what you can give. Call us today or give at haventoday.org. Now let's open the program with a song that's also the title of the album by New Song. It's called One True God.
The time is short, and yet we serve one true God. New song, opening this program on Haven Today here on Thursday, Journey to the End of the World. Well, I hope, like me, you believe the time is short. That's the feeling you get when you listen to the news. It feels like chaos has been unleashed. It feels like it is increasing every day, like the fabric of the world is starting to unravel. The wars in Ukraine and Myanmar. Discord in world politics. Mass shootings all around. And that is just headlines from a single day. It sounds like what you hear in Revelation 9. One after another, the trumpets will blast, six in all. And all kinds of miseries come down upon the earth. The chapter ends with a statement that gets to the very heart of all the world's problems. And you know what that is? They did not repent. Karen Heimbach and the London Symphony Orchestra with Revelation chapter 9. The fifth angel sounded his trumpet. And I saw a star that had fallen from the sky to the earth. The star was given the key to the shaft of the abyss. When he opened the abyss, smoke rose from it like the smoke from a gigantic furnace. The sun and sky were darkened by the smoke from the abyss. And out of the smoke, locusts came down upon the earth and were given power like that of scorpions of the earth. They were told not to harm the grass of the earth or any plant or tree, but only those people who did not have the seal of God on their foreheads. They were not given power to kill them, but only to torture them for five months. And the agony they suffered was like that of the sting of a scorpion when it strikes a man. During those days, men will seek death, but will not find it. They will long to die, but death will elude them. The locusts look like horses prepared for battle. On their heads, they wore something like crowns of gold, and their faces resembled human faces. Their hair was like women's hair, and their teeth were like lion's teeth. They had breastplates like breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was like thundering of many horses and chariots rushing into battle. They had tails and stings like scorpions, and in their tails they had power to torment people for five months. They had as king over them the angel of the abyss, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon, and in Greek Apollyon, which mean destroyer. The first woe is past. Two other woes are yet to come. The sixth angel sounded his trumpet. And I heard a voice coming from the horns of the golden altar that is before God. It said to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, Release the four angels who are bound in the great river Euphrates. And the four angels who had been kept ready for this very hour and day and month and year were released to kill a third of mankind. The number of the mounted troops was 200 million. I heard their number. The horses and riders I saw in my vision looked like this. Their breastplates were fiery red, dark blue, and yellow as sulfur. The heads of the horses resembled the heads of lions, and out of their mouths came fire, smoke, and sulfur. A third of mankind was killed by the three plagues of fire, smoke, and sulfur that came out of their mouths. The power of the horses was in their mouths and in their tails, for their tails were like snakes, having heads with which they inflict injury. The rest of mankind that were not killed by these plagues still did not repent of the work of their hands. 
They did not stop worshipping demons and idols of gold, silver, bronze, stone, and wood. Idols that cannot see or hear or walk. Nor did they repent of their murders, their magic arts, their sexual immorality, or their thefts. Chapter 9 in Revelation, telling us that the time to repent is short. Six trumpets have already sounded. There's one more left. And number seven is the final trumpet. It gives us that sense of urgency we are meant to have as we listen to what comes next in Revelation 10. So why don't we do that? Listen to what God does between the sixth and the seventh trumpets. Again, Karen Heimbach and the London Symphony Orchestra. Then I saw another mighty angel coming down from heaven. He was robed in a cloud with a rainbow above his head. His face was like the sun, and his legs were like fiery pillars. He was holding a little scroll which lay open in his hand. He planted his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land, and he gave a loud shout like the roar of a lion. When he shouted, the voices of the seven thunders spoke. And when the seven thunders spoke, I was about to write. But I heard a voice from heaven say, Seal up what the seven thunders have said, and do not write it down. Then the angel I had seen standing on the sea and on the land raised his right hand to heaven, and he swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created the heavens and all that is in them, the earth and all that is in it, and the sea and all that is in it, and said, There will be no more delay. But in the days when the seventh angel is about to sound his trumpet, the mystery of God will be accomplished, just as he announced to his servants the prophets. Then the voice that I had heard from heaven spoke to me once more. Go, take the scroll that lies open in the hand of the angel who is standing on the sea and on the land. So I went to the angel and asked him to give me the little scroll. He said to me, take it and eat it. It will turn your stomach sour, but in your mouth it will be as sweet as honey. I took the little scroll from the angel's hand and ate it. It tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth, but when I had eaten it, my stomach turned sour. Then I was told, you must prophesy again about many peoples, nations, languages, and kings. I'm a bit overwhelmed by that angel with one foot on the land one foot on the sea, and a rainbow on his head, and his face like the sun. Karen Heimbach, reciting from memory, chapter 10 in Revelation. In a moment, I'll share how you can get a copy of this production. Chapter 10 is a reminder of God's commitment to his world. And the most beautiful thing is that little scroll that our Lord brings with him, because that scroll is the gospel. It's the message of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it's not even sealed. It's open. It is an open invitation from Almighty God to this world that he has created. A damaged world, but a world where there can be hope. It's a call to repent. It's a call to believe. So you can find life and forgiveness and reconciliation. And you only find that through Jesus. And you know what? 
the Bible calls it the gospel. And John is told to eat it. Now, that's a powerful picture of what we all need to do with the gospel. We need to take it in, to digest it into our innermost being. And when we do, we discover, like John, that it's both bitter and sweet. Sweet makes sense, doesn't it? What could be sweeter than the gospel? Be reconciled to God because God has reconciled himself to you. He sent his own dear son to take on your sins, to die in your place. He's made peace for you so you can come home again. Now, that's a sweet message. And of course, Jesus himself is the sweetest part of all. But then there is a bitter side to it. I think it's bitter for three reasons. First, it's bitter because it doesn't say what we want necessarily to hear. We all love to hear flattering words. We want to be told that we're just fine the way we are. But the gospel says, no, you are definitely not fine the way you are. We want to hear, you can do it. But the gospel says, no, you can't. You definitely can't do it. And that's a humbling message. Second, the gospel is bitter because if you believe it, you're going to find yourself out of step with the world around you. You'll be on the inside with the Lord. That's the sweet part. But you'll be on the outside with the world. And that means you're going to suffer. Once you eat the gospel, once you taste it, once you digest it, you automatically become an offense to the unbelievers around you. Third, the gospel is bitter because it contains a message of judgment. Romans 2 says that the day of God's wrath is coming, and the apostle Paul who wrote the letter adds, this will take place on the day when God judges people's secrets through Jesus Christ, as my gospel declares. We don't like to talk about judgment. It's a bitter thing to have to share, but it's part of the gospel that we've been given to share. So here it is, the sweet and yet bitter gospel. If you are a believer in Jesus, then you've eaten it, just like John did. And as a believer, you're meant to keep on eating it, to keep on taking in the message, because that is what changes you and keeps changing you. You keep on digesting it, and you keep on sharing it with others. Revelation twelve eleven describes believers as those who overcome by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and by not loving their lives so much as to shrink from death. That's a call to witness, regardless the cost. And there's an urgency to it because we know the seventh trumpet is going to blow. The time is short. And we have this little scroll. It may seem like an improbable message, but the Bible says it's the very power of God. It can break hard hearts, and it can lead people to repentance, and it can deliver people out of dark darkness. We just keep eating it together with other believers, and we keep inviting others to join in. We can explain it to them, we can invite them to church, or we can just give them a Bible and suggest where they might start. But what we don't have to do is win any arguments. We don't have to figure out how to make them eat it. We just share, and we let the Lord 
do all the rest. I once was lost in darkest night, yet thought I knew the way, the sin that promised joy in life had led me to the grave. I had no Christ, sung for us today by Sovereign Grace with Paul Balash. I'm Charles Morris here on this Haven Today. It's a Thursday, and the program series we're calling this week, Journey to the End of the World. I hope you have been encouraged that if you only have Christ, then you have everything you need to face the end times and the eternity to come. I want to send you Karen Heimbuck's two CD set called The Revelation for your gift to this listener-supported ministry. What a powerful original score by the London Symphony Orchestra. Karen, dramatically reciting Revelation word for word, I know you will be blessed listening because the Bible promises that blessing to you. So call us right now at 800-65-HAVEN. That's 800 800- 65 Haven, 
or you can make your gift at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And remember, we're sending 100% of your gifts to Eastern Europe to feed those in need in Eastern Europe. Our partner, Mission Eurasia, is on the ground handing out bread and also sharing the bread of life, Jesus. $50 feeds a family of five for a week. Pray about how you can help and how much. Ask about that when you call or read more when you visit haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Come back again tomorrow, won't you? When again, we get to share together this great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. He's hopeless. Have you ever heard someone be written off like this? Humanly speaking, it can sound like wisdom. After all, some people are just too far gone, or so we think. If anyone in Jesus' day fit that description, it was the corrupt tax collector Zacchaeus. But as Jesus was going through Jericho on the way to his death, Zacchaeus came to see him, and the Holy Spirit got hold of his heart. We know the end of the story. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. We too can be children of Abraham. If only we trust in Jesus. Anchor Devotional is available in print monthly. Visit getanchor.com.